Hi, this is Mike with episode 45 of Getting Everyone Moving, brought to you by Palms of Pines Parasports. Today we have Chad Cohn, who's a Paralympian in wheelchair rugby. Hey, Chad. Hey, Mike. How are you? All right, man. All right. So hey, tell thanks us, for having me. Yeah, of course. So tell us, how did you get involved in the world of adaptive sports and specifically rugby? Um. I mean, so a little, little quick background. Like I, um, I was in a, in a BMX accident when I was 14, um, hit a soft spot on the track and, and had a, I blew up my C6, um, fractured my C, I'm sorry, fractured my C5 dust particled my C6 and then compressed my C7 like a soda can. Um, so that was then, uh, my sister was, um, and I was, uh, senior that so that happened when I was a freshman just after my freshman year in high school in 1998 um so fast forward uh my sister was going to college at the University of Arizona um I was going taking some classes at Pima Community College not really sure what I wanted to do working at a gym um and she had a classmate that was a pretty new new quadriplegic um and she she was like hey brother like you know, you're independent, you live on your own, like, you know, you're going to school, blah, 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 you have a job. Um, I think, would you be okay with me giving this gentleman that's in my class your number? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Gabe Nurkinen is his name. Um, still to this day, one of my best friends. And um, man, he's lucky he actually lives in Hawaii right now. I'm jealous, Gabe. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so uh, it's kind of funny. So we, we set up this date, you know, play date to meet each other. And my sister was there and one of his friends were there. Um, and we're talking and, and the roles completely reversed, you know, here I am independent thinking that I'm going to kind of help this guy out. And he was like, Hey, you know, you look athletic. Have you ever, you ever thought about playing, um, any wheelchair sports? And I'm like, not really, man. Like, you know, I grew up playing sports, but just, I just haven't really found, you know, I didn't feel like I didn't truly feel at the time, like that it was something that I would feel good about doing, you know, knowing what I did do. And so, um, he was like, Hey, well, I play this sport. It's called wheelchair rugby. And it is basically made for individuals like you and I, um, he's got, he's got a little bit less function than I do. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, he's like, how about just, just come check it out. I was hesitant, hesitant. Um, Michael Cottingham, who's now at the university of Houston, um, got my number. And let me tell you, that dude is, um, resilient. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a great word. Persistent, extremely persistent. Um, and I cannot thank him enough. I can't thank Gabe enough because Mike kept calling me, calling me, calling me. And finally I was like, all right, all right. I'll just, I'll come check it out. Um, and this was back in, this was 2004. Um, and so I, I went out, I checked it out. I got destroyed. I felt worthless. Um, but, at the, but at the same time, I was like, holy sh, this is, uh, where has this been? Where has this been? Um, and so I didn't really take it too serious at the time. Um, and, uh, and then I guess I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead, but then, uh, we had a 20, 21 and under camp at the U of A. Um, and I had just turned 22 
And um, it was James Gumbert, who's the still currently the was was and still the USA head coach, wheelchair rugby head coach at the time, and still is obviously. And um, he he goes, hey, like, what are you doing in life? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm just I'm going to school, you know, um, going to school. I'm working, you know, just I'm being a, a 22 year old. And uh, he was like, if I, you know, if I told you that you possibly have a future in the sport, would you take it serious? And I was like, I mean, you said possibly, so I'm going to say possibly. Just kidding. I said, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then I got a, so I got an invite to try out later that year in December. Um, I made, made that squad of, I think it was like 19 that year. Um, and we, uh, we didn't have any real games. We played against, uh, we had friendlies against Canada. I think it was a series of like maybe five games. Um, and just every time that I got in the chair, every time I came out to any practice, whatever it was, um, the more and more I fell in love with it. So, you know, a lot of people's introduction to rugby is murder ball, right? That documentary. Yep. Um, when I, when I lived in Tucson and, uh, you know, I was coaching, helping to coach wheelchair basketball for the women. Um, I saw, you know, the guys playing rugby. Mm-hmm. I mean, incredible sport. It's it. I mean, there's not even a, it's kind of crazy. Like I, I, I cannot think of a word to really, truly, you know, explain it. I mean, it's, it is so unique. Um, and even when you tell people about it, they're like, oh my God, it's so much better than I thought. And then they try to explain to people and they're like, I know what you mean. Like, I can't explain it. There's nothing that, you know, um, there's no words that can explain it. It's just, it's fascinating. It's unique. It's amazing. It's fast. It's hard. It's, I mean, yeah. Um, so murder ball, murder ball did play a part. Um, I, so that was actually, um, my first year of actually playing. Um, so like my first year was just kind of, you know, came out to practice here and there just, um, but my first year actually playing, we, we went to nationals and that was the first time that U of A had been to nationals ever in the history of their program. And, um, so it was a pretty big deal and they debuted, debuted murder ball. Um, and it was like, the funny part about, like, I had no idea, you know, who these guys were, except for one of them. Um, I had, I drove up to Phoenix um, to pick up a rugby chair, a used rugby chair um, from, from Ho- Scott Hogsett. Um, and I was like, I had no, I had no idea, right. Pick up this rugby chair. And then months later, here this guy is, I'm watching him in a, in a movie and I'm like, <laughs> holy sh-, like, I know him, you know, it's one of those where it's like, wait, is this guy famous? And I didn't like, so, um, it's pretty, pretty unique. And, and then, you know, to this day, I mean, him and I, him and I are, are still pretty good friends and, um, you know, we don't talk, talk as much as we did just because he's retired from, right. from USA, USA side. And, right. but we also, we also have a very, um, very, uh, unique relationship because, you know, we're friends, but we're also, Phoenix and Tucson were rivals. I mean, that's right. probably been the biggest rivalry in, in rugby for the last 10 years. Right. Um, and it's, it's intense. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I saw some of that. Yeah. Um, so what about the period from when, you know, you had your accident until you were 22? I mean, how did you motivate yourself? How did your family help you to really keep going, um, you know, and, and have a life? I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's, let me, let me wet my whistle a little bit more before I say this. Go um, for it, man. There's a lot to it. Um, I mean, I could, I could probably bore you with a, with a, you know, three day, three day, uh, I won't say lecture, but three day, um, um, three days worth of information. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. basically, um, I mean, I've always been a very motivated individual, um, very competitive. And so I can kind of give you the steps the way it works. So it was, um, you know, I, I broke my neck. Um, obviously, immediately, I was like, no, I'm going to be fine. You know, I'm going to walk out of the hospital, this and that, you know, and as time progressed, I was like, okay, hey, I'm not. Um, but so that was in so July, right? Um, basically, into July is when it happened. Um, uh, insurance only gave me so much time as they do with everyone, especially back in 1998. I mean, there was, they were not kind. Um, I mean, and so, um, after basically after my 60 days of inpatient, um, I was then given, um, not even a full 30 days. They were like, well, we can't give you 30. They gave me like 27. So I basically got, you know, 90 days, not even full 90 days of rehab when go, you know, being a, being a C6, you know, C5, six quadriplegic, um, which is not sufficient. Um, and so, but it didn't matter, you know, family couldn't afford it. Um, you know, my, my dad was a, a principal made too much to, to, uh, be able to actually for me to qualify, but didn't make enough to, to be able to afford to, you know, modify the house and buy these, chairs and anyway so pay for rehab and um so that was a battle but skipping forward um no, in november um my oldest brother um you know my family was kind of like we need to do something like he's withering away i was you know i was 14 i was depressed um you know i didn't i wasn't able to do the things i did you know my friends and friends and everyone you know they were still going to school and doing this and that so um my my mom and my brother, my brother was, was a Shriner. Um, and so my mom was asking him about it. My mom did a bunch of research research and she said, all right, Billy, like, what do you know about this? And he's like, Oh my God, mom, it's funny. Like I was just talking to a fellow Shriner and he was telling me that there is a hospital in Sacramento that is spinal cord specialist. Um, they also deal with bone and orth- orthotics, orthopedic. So, um, uh, my dad was at first, he was like, absolutely not. We're not sending our you know, 14 year old child to a different state alone. Um, and my mom was like, I'll go. Like, I, I don't care. I'll stay in a hotel. So they did some more research. Well, that Shriners hospital will put up a family member. Um, so, and they also, it's all of donations. So I basically, I was, I didn't want to do it, but left my family, left my friends, went to Sacramento stayed there from, I mean, right after Thanksgiving, um, all the way through, uh, like mid January. So I missed, you know, Christmas and new years. And, um, but 
you know, in real reality, no, that none of that mattered. So, but one significant motivating factor was they had, so these, the Shriners, it was 21 and under, um, and they would do spinal cord, spinal cord injury classes. And, you know, I went to this class and I was in, I was in this big old power chair and, um, you know, had blankets wrapped around me. You know, I was at the time, I think I was like five, six and I weighed 90 pounds. I mean, I just, just weathered away, you know, they, it was feeding tube and, um, it was rough, you know, it was, it was a rough, rough time, you know? Um, however, um, I met, um, <laughs> so we're in this class and right as we leave, you know, and my, my dad's now there with me, but you know, he can't be in the class and whatever. So roll out of the class and my dad's standing out there waiting for me. And, uh, this, this, this girl, uh, her name's Ashley Olson. Um, not the, not one of the twins, <laughs> not Mary Kate and Ashley, but, um, <laughs> she, uh, she same exact age as me. Um, I think our birthdays are like two weeks apart. Our accidents were two weeks apart. Um, and, uh, she's like, Hey dude, like, what are you doing in that thing? Talking about the power chair. And I was like, I don't know. She's like, get out of that thing. Like, you need to be in that. Like, come on, man. Like, let's go, you know? And it's like, Oh, okay. So she's like, what happened to you? So I told her my story and I was like, well, what happened to you? She's like, Oh, I got in a car accident. And, um, uh, so I broke my back, my mom, and my sister, they, both of them like broke hips, um, like tailbone femurs. She's like, and, and my dad, my dad passed away in the accident. Oof, man. Like, I was like, the hell am I doing? Like, here I am feeling sorry for myself, you know, in a shitty, in a shitty spot, not wanting to do anything. Um, but I have three parents because my dad, my dad was remarried. I got three parents that are all willing to do whatever, whenever, regardless, you know? Um, so that was, that was my first reality check. Wow. Let me back up. First reality check was when I came into the hospital um, and they were showing me my showing me to my room. And all I heard was like screaming and crying. And it was my roommate. Uh, his name was Evan. Um, he had third degree burns over 95% of his body from his car exploding. And so that was my first reality check. Uh, like I'm not in pain, you know, like, I'm just sitting down, I'm sitting down and, you know, I have to pee different, you know, I have to figure out how to use my hands different. Um, there's a lot of things I have to do different, but I'm not paying, you know? And, uh, so that was the first reality check. And then, um, and then it was like the next day I met Ashley and that was the second one. And that was like the, uh, it just, it just made me, it made me realize, um, recognize and be so thankful you know like I was unlucky you know like I am lucky to have what I have and who I have um and so so those were the words you use what was like what kept me motivated what kept me going um uh real life scenarios um recognizing um what I have around me and more importantly, who I have around me. So yeah, that was, that was kind of, that was the initial of it. So once um, you got, 
once you got back to Tucson then, so that was January. Um, uh-huh. I mean, you went right to school. You, yep. I went, I went straight back to school. Um, and school is not my thing. <laughs> I hated school. Um, I mean, truly like, honestly, Mike, I mean, probably if I hadn't, you know, if I hadn't had my accident, like I probably would have dropped out I, and not dropped out of school all in, you know, all together, but I, I would have probably dropped out of high school and tried to go to um, a trade school to be a mechanic. Cause that's, that's still, it's still one of my top three passions is it, you know, is, is motors. Um, so um, yeah, I went straight back to school. Um, I was also very fortunate, you know, someone that I, that I haven't mentioned yet was my, my, my stepbrother, David. Um, we, we became brothers. Uh, I think my dad and his mom started dating when we were three. Um, we became brothers, I think about five moved in together when we were about four or five. Um, and you know, we were best friends. Um, and, uh, I mean, still to this day, we're not as close as we were cause we just, we live in different cities. Um, but it was super, super helpful when it came to like the confidence thing, going back to school and being, you know, just knowing that I had, I had that kind of like that security blanket, you know, which, which maybe, you know, um, maybe isn't, maybe isn't right or whatever, but I mean, he, he knows, like, he knows what I mean. Um, because I was, you know, I was that for him as well. Um, in a weird way. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was straight back to school. And then also at the same time, um, there was, uh, Jane Erickson who wrote for the, um, uh, I think Arizona daily star. Um, she, uh, she did an article. She's actually one of the ones that did a, uh, an initial article and we haven't, we were having troubles with insurance and, um, she did an article on me going back to school. Um, and then she had reached out to my dad and said, Hey, I train with one of the best trainers in Tucson, great facility. Like I would love to introduce you to them. Like I, you know, I've already told him about you. So, um, so I went and met with them and, um, started working out with, started working out with him, uh, Todd, Todd judge, um, at fit the river. And that was, ended up being my first job, first, you know, legal job not, you know, none of this child labor stuff. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I just, I, I helped my mom make sandwiches when I was like 12, she worked for a, uh, a catering company and they were serving the, um, the hotshot firefighters when we were having some crazy, crazy stuff. So that's why I say it's legal. Um, but yeah, it ended up becoming my first job and, and got me, you know, again, back to feeling physically fit, um, and strong. And so that was all, you know, uh, prior to, to rugby. Um, and that's just that confidence, you know, it was like yeah. my friends could feel it. Um, and then obviously the, the girls, you know, the girls could feel it. And so I just kept building on that. And it was like, I'm good. I'm going to be fine. You know, life, life's good. It's going to be what I'm, what I make of it. Tell us how you met your wife. <laughs> Murder ball. Really? Um, so, um, she, uh, she's a, uh, sorry, my mouth is really dry. Yeah, so please. she's, she does hair at, uh, I got about, um, in Tucson. Um, one of my really good friends, Travis Anderson, um, him, him, he booked a, an appointment for his girlfriend at the time. Um, 
And so they went in, she got her hair done. It looked, you know, it looked amazing. And so she booked, she booked Travis an appointment. Um, him and his chick broke up, whatever. He still went in and got his hair done. She was like, Hey, where's your girlfriend? So my, my wife's name is Denise. He was like, Oh, no more. And she's like, no way. That's crazy. I'm so sorry. You know, you guys seem so good together. And it's like, yeah. And, um, she's like, it's kind of, cr- I, she's like, or she asked him when that happened. Something like that. And he's like, Oh, just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, just got out of a relationship with my boyfriend for however many years, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so they, they kind of started chit-chatting and she just, she asked him like, okay, like, what do you do? He's like, well, I go to the U of A, but, um, I, I play wheelchair rugby and she was like murder ball. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, <laughs> she's like, no way. Get the, I'm going to have to, you're right. Yeah. You're going to, sorry. I, I'll try not to swear, but, um, okay. I might no. have to believe some, um, she's like, no way. Get the F out of here. She's like, that is my favorite documentary. And he was like, shut up. And so she was like, do you know those guys? And he's like, yeah, like we, we hang out with them, you know, like we go to tournaments, we play against them. They come down to Tucson because, you know, few of the guys in that documentary, you know, played and played for Phoenix, played in Phoenix at one point or another. So, um, so he, so they, they became friends, um, right at like for a couple of weeks. And he was like, Hey, um, remember that chick that I was telling you about that does my hair, um, uh, she worked at Blockbuster, so she's a huge movie Blockbuster, and then also movie theater. Why she was going to school for hair, so that's that's why she knows about some movies that most people don't. But um, would you like to? We should hang out. He was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So she was like, "Well, I'm bringing my friend Keely. Um, would you like? Do you want to bring a friend? You don't have to, but it's up to you." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I got a friend that I bring. That I think I think we'd all get along." So he asked me and. I was like, sure, man, why not? I'll be your, I'll be, I'll be your wing, man. You know, like I'm thinking like they might have a little something and, um, we show up and we're running late. Cause Travis bless his heart, man. He's such a good dude, but he's always late as am I, um, we call it, uh, C CPT cripple, cripple people time. <laughs> and, um, and so, so we're, you know, she, she texts, I think she texted him and she was like, Hey, what's going on? What's taking so long? It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I had a little mishap. I, I fell out of my car in the parking lot. She's oh. like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, so like as her and her friend are getting up to come, come out and help him, we're rolling in and they can hear us laughing. And, and so anyway, we sit down and, um, her and I, you know, we're chit chatting and, um, she's from Tucson. I'm from Tucson and just kind of hit it off. And, you know, like she was actually really good friends with my older brother, not really good, but they were decent friends in high school with my oldest brother. Um, and, uh, there was about a group of us of like, probably about a group of like six to 10 of us, like her coworkers and then me and my rugby buddies. Um, and we'd hang out, you know, every weekend, you know, go to the bars, movies, whatever, just have fun, you know? Um, mini putt putt whatever it was and um the group kind of started getting smaller and smaller but before that uh, her and i were the only two that lived on the northwest side and so and we didn't know that in the beginning and then she she was like hey what 
what are you doing this weekend? Um, would like, would you want to come over and hang out, watch a movie, get some dinner, whatever. And totally as friends. I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we, we became closer and closer and we stayed friends. We were, became best friends for a good, like four or five years. Um, and then, uh, I had feelings for her. I never, I won't deny it. Um, I did lie to her once about it. Um, cause she asked me, but I wasn't ready and I didn't want to lose her friendship. So I lied, which is not okay either, but it worked out. <laughs> um, so I was actually supposed to be coming to a tryout. Um, this was um, going to be for um, London for the Paralympics. Yeah. And um, I had just, I just broke my leg at my buddy Derek's bachelor party um, in Vegas. So we'll wait. We'll, we'll save that story for another time. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And uh, so I get home and I, you know, I called, I called coach Gumby and I said, gee, I had to go to the doctor. I, I fractured my leg and he's like, all right, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you type thing, you know? And, um, you know, you're going to be, you still get the invite, you know, and then based off of your, your past is going to be based off of whether we select you or not. So I'm sweating, you know, I'm like, shit, I don't have that much time under my belt. And anyway, I ended up making that team, but I didn't go to those tryouts. Um, I'd also, so Denise would babysit my dogs. I had two dogs. Um, I'd, my one dog passed away in, um, in 2010. Um, and then, uh, what was it? So literally, it was like three days after Thanksgiving of 2011. Um, my other one passed away. So that's why she was going to stay at the house, which she wouldn't have had to anyway, because I wouldn't have had any dogs for her to watch, but so she had called and was like, Hey, I, um, my mom and I got you a present for Christmas that I was going to leave at your house when you're gone, but you're not. So is it okay if I come over? And I was like, yeah, I got a couple of buddies here, but you know, I'll tell them to leave. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. I'll come another time. But I could tell some in her voice. So I kicked them out and we started hanging out and I hadn't told her what happened to Enzo, my, um, the most recent dog, um, that she was, she was pretty close with, um, and so I told her and you know, I got emotional and whatever. And uh, we were just hanging out outside and she, I love you, babe. Sorry for uh, throwing you under the bus here, but she was like, can I kiss you? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you can ask all my, you can ask all my friends, man. I told them, I said, she came over one night after work and I was hanging out with, you know, there was like five or six of us boys hanging out, um, having some brews, watching football or something. And, um, she came over and she left and all my buddies were like, dude, she is, she is the coolest chick that I've ever met. And I was like, I will marry her. They were like, you wish bro, you would like in your dreams. And I'm like, I'm telling you, if I get that girl to kiss me, she'll marry me. And they all called, they all called bull. They all called bullshit. Right. Except for my best friend, Nick, who we've been friends since we were seven. And he was like, Obviously, you guys don't know Chad that well. When he says something, it's gonna happen. <laughs> well, sure your shit. Here we are. You know. That's amazing. how many years have you been married? Uh, what is it? Nine. Wow. Let me think about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it'll be ten. 
Okay. Good. Okay. I was looking at I was looking at my imaginary watch. It's it's not a watch. <laughs> no, I have a so on my on my wrist right here, it's gonna be upside down, but on my wrist right there, I have it's 72198. Uh uh. -uh. I don't know if I can. Um so 721 of 98 was the date of my accident. We wow. got married 721 of 2012. Wow. So we got married on a date because it was like, hey, you know, had I not broken my neck. We would have never met. That was the date of my accident. So let's 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 turn something that most people would say is tragic into something spectacular. It's a wonderful story. My gosh. How do you, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people with spinal cord injury, right, in the United States, mm -hmm. throughout the world. Mm -hmm. I was looking at some stats the other day. I mean, how how would you go about getting more people involved, you know, in in whatever, recreational sports, you know, um, what would you do? How do you create more awareness? Uh, and what do you say to people to motivate them to say, you know, come on, come outside and go play. Yeah. Well, Mike, it's kind of interesting. Um, because when it comes to, when it comes to spinal cord injuries, um, it's very, I, I feel as if it's very, and some people are, might, might say like, talking about it this makes no sense but i feel like it does it comes it comes to individuals <laughs> i think of like rehab okay like drug drug rehab whatever whatever kind of rehab right where it doesn't matter how much you push somebody until they want to do it you know what i'm saying and so and and because i was one of those people where it was like I mean, my older sister went to school with um, a couple of guys that that got in a car accident that were paraplegics. And she was like, Chad, like, please let me Brian and Steve are their name. Like, let me please let me have them come hang out like um, I'd love to introduce you, like, you know, show you what they do with their life. Um, and I just, you know, I was like, I'm not interested. I don't it was it was early on. So I'm not interested. Um, a lot of the time what I do is I you know, I'll give some of my phone number and I'll say, here, listen, here's a deal. I can't push you to do anything you don't want to do. Right. And I'm not going to, because one, it's going to be a waste of your time, but it's also going to be a waste of my time. So when you're ready, which you will be, give me a call. Um, cause that, however, saying that I also have a handful of buddies that, that don't necessarily think like me um, that I do just tell, like, how, how do I motivate them? Um, this might be good or bad, but I just show them what my life is. You know, I show them like, Hey, listen, I've had a job here, a job there, a job doing this, a job doing that. Right. I've dated girls. I've traveled the world. I'm married. You know, if I wanted kids, we would have them. I, I own a house. I take care of the pool. I take care of the grass. I, you know, it's like whatever you want to do, you truly can, you can, um, but it's when you want to, and it's how you want to. And so, um, you know, I could, I could sit here, Mike, and show you, you know, how I open a water bottle or, or how I get dressed or how I transfer. Um, but 
the next person, you know, you're going to do it different than the next person. That person's going to do it different than the next. So it's extremely hard to motivate when it comes to situations like this, because um, it's such a mind. I don't want, I don't want to say the word, but yeah, where it's like, yeah. Until you actually, I feel like, um, I feel like most until you actually see it and, and feel it and understand like, dude, life's great. Like I can be, I'm good. Like I can do anything I want to. Um, it really doesn't matter what, what I say. That's how I feel. Now other people disagree with me and I say that it doesn't matter what I say, but I still, I do still say what I, I still tell people, you know, I'm still going to tell, uh, the next quad, Hey, here's the deal. You know, um, the, Mike, the latest one, I went, I went and spoke to a, uh, um, a quad and he was a walking quad and I had no idea. I'm thinking I'm going in. I was told he was a C5 complete. Yeah. So I'm going in to talk to this dude, you know, this 17 year old and I come into the lobby and I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Oh no. He was just standing up at the desk and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh. And so, and he was like, they told me that they were going to have, um, other people that broke their neck come in that were like me. And I said, well, what's that supposed to mean? What do you mean? Like you, well, you know, like, like I can walk. And I said, mm-hmm. sure you can. Why does that make us different? So, well, you, you, you use a wheelchair. And I said, right. I'm like, what do you, what, what do you do for yourself? He's like, well, I mean, they're still, you know, they're teaching me how to get dressed and his hands are still weak and, you know, him standing was still weak. And it's like, well, they're teaching me how to get dressed. And, um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to do this and that. And I said, oh, well, I can do all that. What makes us different? So you think that we're different because I'm sitting here standing. And uh, you could just, as the conversation went on, you could just see him like start to start to realize like life's good. You know, like life is good. And that was the whole point where it was like, I'm, I'm going to play a little mind game with this kid. Right. Like I'm going to ask him, why are we different? We obviously are. I'm sitting down, I'm using this chair, you know, but, um, uh, he didn't want to ask the questions that he really wanted to ask because I was sitting down, you know, and, and, um, I thought it was because his dad was sitting there. I said, do you want, I said, no offense. Do you want your dad to leave? So you can ask me questions that you're curious about, you know, um, whether they have to do with certain functions of your body or not. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're open. I said, all right, dude. I'm like, so then just let's go. Come on, man. Be real with me right now. Be real with you. So it's, it's very difficult, Mike, with um, depending on the individual, depending on what their support system is, because that's the other thing. Like um, a big thing that I left out was my sister was, the same one that introduced me to Gabe. She was my caregiver right after my accident. Um, I'm sorry, after I got home from the Shriners. And even though I knew how to dress myself, um, I, (laughs) I said, I came home from school and I'm like, Steph, I'm like, Hey, all right, we got to be quick with this. I need you to, I got a shower. I got to get dressed. I mean, help me do this, this and that. I got to eat. I'm going on a date. It's like my first date. Right. And she's like, okay, cool. Pick out which clothes you want. And I'm like, well, no, you're like, come help me. She's like, no, 
just go get your clothes ready. And then when you're ready to shower, I can give you a hand. I was like, I got pissed off. I'm like, no, I can't be late. Like you, you get paid to do this. Like I went off on her. She's like, okay, cool. Guess what? I can quit. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. I have a date. And she's like, yeah, figure it out. How important is that to you? And I was like, son of a bitch. Okay. And uh, guess what, Mike? I did. Yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> you know, of course, you did. of course I did. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like tough love is huge. Right. Um, but it's extremely hard to, to motivate individuals that have something catastrophic um, happen to them. Um, if you can get them to listen, it's not that hard. If you can get them to come out and watch, um, it's not that hard. But if they're anything like me where they were just extremely get away from me, it's tough. It's tough. But I, I think it's really um, important what your sister did. Um, when I, I coach a number of adaptive sports and, you know, the ball goes away when you're playing basketball, go get the ball. I'm not getting it pretty. Yep. Sorry. Yep. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. in a chair. You can do it. You know how to do a, a wheel pickup. So go do yep. it. Yep. I think, you know, I really, what I do is I treat, I treat people, you know, the same, obviously right. there's some, there might be some mobility, whatever, but sure, sure. like you need to go and do it for yourself. Yep. If yeah. no, you are absolutely right, right. Because that's, that's the other part to it. It's like, I know that I can dress myself. Okay. But in that situation, I knew I could dress myself, but I also knew it took me much longer. Right. I mean, at that point, Mike, it probably took me about, I don't know, anywhere between 30 to 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what I was wearing. Now, the most difficult thing to wear, maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. And and it's just, it's, it's that repetition. It's doing it. It's doing it. It's doing it. And, and that was extremely helpful. Mike, if my sister wasn't around, I probably, probably wouldn't be playing rugby. I mean, because, you know, I love my dad. And he is one, he has been my biggest supporter um, and probably always will be. And that's not to take anything away from anybody else in my, I mean, uh, I mean, my, my mom too, my mom is, I'll, I'll say they're, they're, they're both, they're both right there. And now my wife, um, but like throughout my entire life, I mean, he's always been, you know, that one. And, and, but he was also the biggest, like the biggest um, hindrance. Is that the right word? Um, because until this day, I love him to death, but it's like, he still, let me do this. Let me do that. Let me do this. And, and, um, you know, the way that I try to explain to him is I'm like, dad, I know that you want to help. And that's just him. He wants to do that with everybody more so with me because, you know, I'm, I'm in a chair. Um, I'm like, dad, I, you realize I've been living on my own for this, you know, but back it back up. Right. He he wouldn't let me do anything on my own, even if I wanted to. And I didn't want to at the time. Right. I had no desire to do anything on my own. Um, but if I did, he wouldn't let me, it was no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, um, and it's, it's, it's gotta be a dad thing, right. Where it's like, he just, that's his job. Right. He's like, I brought you in. Like, I'm supposed to do this. I'm like supposed to be there. So he didn't, realize and and to this day i mean we still talk about it you know there's still times where he'll you know 
I'm carrying something on my lap and he'll just straight up grab it off my lap because he thinks that it's easier. And I'm like, no, it's not. You literally just made me stop, which is taking more time, you know, to complete the task. So um, it's, I think it's just a parent thing. Um, so yeah, my, my sister was, I mean, yeah, she was, it was huge. It was huge. And, and it's not take anything away from my parents. Like they, I wouldn't be who I am without them. Right. Um, but my sister played that big part, um, where it was like, you know, you want to, you want to do this, you know, you, you want a girlfriend, you want to, you know, um, have that life. Um, and it was not only was it the getting dressed, that kind of stuff, it was, you know, make sure you're shaving, wash your hands. Like, cause a lot of quads, a lot of quads, we don't, a lot of people in disabilities, they don't really care about being clean, you know, cause it's difficult. Um, I mean, shit, Mike, I, I shower once, if not twice a day, <laughs> because thank you. Thank you, sister. You know, um, and it's, I mean, my wife, my wife will come on, comment on it to the day. Like you look at my hands. I mean, they're, they're, they're spotless. Clean. Yeah. They're I mean, there. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, and it, and it's, it's because my sister was like, girls don't like dirt under your fingernails. Girls don't like these hands that are going to leave cat scratch marks on their, you know, on their leg. Cause you put your hand on their leg. Cause you're working on cars all day. Like, um, she just, she just made me realize just because I'm in a chair doesn't mean that I can be dirty, you know, and not take care of myself. And um, I'm not saying everyone in everyone is, but everyone out there that will be listening, you all know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're getting to the end of our interview, although there's many more questions I'd love to ask. But yeah, yeah. What's, what's a final word, Chad, you know, that you'd like to say to people, um, our listeners? Well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things. One, one, I obviously, I heard this somewhere and I don't know where I heard it from, but, um, <laughs> the, I can't say the only, but the worst, the, the nastiest disability in life is a bad attitude is a bad mindset. Um, that is the biggest hindrance that anyone will have. Um, I'll say that the other thing is, um, everyone in life is dealing with something might not always be visible, right? But be kind, just be kind to each other. Um, cause we're all going through something. Um, and then one other thing that my sister kind of, she, she kind of gave me this and she said, you're like, you're just the, this is you to a T. Um, it's not, it's not the obstacle in front of you that will define you, but it's, it's how you get around it. And the fact that you do get around it, that will define you as a person. And it's, it sticks, you know, it's like, doesn't matter what's thrown anybody's way. If you want to get, get around it, you will. Where there's a will, there's a way to an extent. I understand. Listen, I'm not going to stand up and walk out of my chair, but there's something I truly want to do, I'll figure out a way to do it. And I think that that's for everybody out there. It doesn't matter how much help you have to ask for. It's okay. Asking for help. There's something, if you have a goal, if something in life you want to do, do it. Don't let something hold you back. 
Chad, this has been just delightful. You know, we wish you the best of luck. We want you to make the uh, USA uh, rugby team. We want to see you Thank on you. Tokyo, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really do. Thanks for I taking really do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do we, uh, do we have a second to chat afterwards?